scripture today, which comes to us out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, three verses 19 through 21. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, says Jesus, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. So, I don't know about you, but at first mention of the word treasure, I don't know what the first thing that comes to your mind is, but the first that comes to mind is like pirate ships. Anybody else? Anybody else picture Jack Sparrow? <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, X marks the spot, a compass that points to your greatest desires. I think of a hidden chest filled with gold medallions and rubies and diamonds what's in your treasure chest you know maybe yours is different and filled differently no treasure is is something that we search for treasure is something that we're willing to fight for even sometimes to die for to go great distances for treasure can bind people together or it can create divisions between those who were once the closest of friends Treasure can become the focus of our lives. It can consume us. Treasure can be hidden and hoarded. Or it can be shared and enjoyed. Whether we realize it or not, we all have a treasure. Or treasures, do we not? We all have things that we're searching for. We all have things that we're willing to fight for. We all have things that we are storing up. And though the items in the chest for each one of us are different, we all have treasure that holds a great value to us. This series that we're beginning today, this worship series called Treasure, will help us all consider what we are giving our very lives to. We will explore where we want to be investing our lives and where we really are investing because at times there is a difference. We will experience together the power found in making God our treasure. So uh, as you know, um, in, in coming here, I, I had to move houses, and we've become um, unintentional experts, I feel like, at moving. Uh, we've done it enough times. Um, some of you are chuckling and you get the idea. Uh, and so, so whenever uh, we move every time, it, it seems like I go through the same mental uh, battle each, each time. And that's everything that, that we have, that we've saved for, that we've worked for, that we purchase is, is stacked somewhere, either in a truck or in a pod. And you just look at that and, be, and you're like, my entire life is encased in that holding vehicle. 
And in this time, we had to have multiple storage units. You know, we had we have one still in sulfur where half of our stuff is that never come back to the houses because you know there's stuff that you can't get rid of. But you have to keep, you know, the memorabilia, the, 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 the memories that they mean nothing to anybody else but to you. They mean so much, yet they mean enough only to be kept in a storage unit. Anyway, so we had one here where we housed our temporary things, and we had a pod delivery. We, we had things going on all sorts of different directions in the, on this move, and it wasn't bad. But um, So that got me thinking, did you realize? Now, this is probably, uh, uh, the, the numbers I found are a little bit outdated, but statistics always are, right? Because the, the, next, the next big number is, is just right, right past the information that's been published. But there's over 2.3 billion square feet of rentable self-storage space in the United States. Over 2.3 billion square feet. No doubt that number's outdated. We have so much stuff that our home can't hold it. I can testify. I'm a living example. And I'll be the first to raise my hand. But if there's something that we have discovered over the years, and no doubt you have as well, sisters and brothers, our treasure is not found in stuff. Can I get an amen? Our treasure is not found in stuff. Now, I want to disclose up front that this series on treasure is not an indictment on stuff. I love stuff just as much as the next person. My wife can testify. Even this past uh, couple of weeks, I bought another new coffee maker that spins and makes it in a centrifugal way, and it makes an espresso all the way to a pour-over. You want to you, you come see it in action? Come by and see me. <laughs> but it is still stuff. Stuff that we spend way too much money on. Do not say amen again. <laughs> it would probably make more sense to her if she actually drank coffee. But, you know, and, and that's just, just the saying, you know, we have all this stuff, but once we realize and got here, most of the stuff in that truck and in those pods and in those storage units, we put to good use, right? The, you know, the, the, the couches, the, the, uh, the TV, the beds, you know, all the stuff, the, the pots and the pans, we put them all to good use. What I learned, though, was that no matter how much stuff we have and we still acquire, those things are still not our treasure. You know, pastors have the opportunity and privilege to be with people in their last days, in, in their final moments. And rarely in those last moments of life do people talk about the things that they have acquired on earth. The kind of treasures that moth and rust can destroy, that thieves can break in and steal, that's not the kind of things people talk about in their last moments. People in their last moments talk about their family. People in their last moments talk about their friends. They talk about their moments with God, their children. They talk about their church. They talk about trips they've been on, mission trips they've taken, lives 
that they hope and pray that they've touched and the countless ones that they'll never know that they touched. That's what people talk about in their last moments. Vacations and laughter, stories of amusement and meaningful conversations. People talk less about salaries and more about promises shared with God and with people. This series then is about where we are investing our very lives. But there's no denying that this is a series about money. This is our stewardship series for 2022. And so there is no denying that we're going to talk about money. Why do we talk about money in the church? Nobody likes it. I get it, yes. <laughs> Amen, Clyde. Nobody likes to talk about money in the church, but it is a necessary evil. And You want to know why we talk about money in the church? Because Jesus talked about money. In fact, Jesus talked more about money than about heaven and hell combined. The only thing Jesus talked about more than money was the concept of the kingdom of God. Eleven of Jesus' 39 parables are about money. Somebody do a quick percentage. What's 11 out of 39 percentage? I can't do that in my head. One out of every seven verses in the Gospel of Luke talks about money. It would be a doctor who talked often about money, right? Where's my father-in-law when I need to pick on him? One out of every seven verses in Luke talks about money. Why did Jesus talk so much about money, and why do we have to talk about it in the church? Well, if you notice, we, we read this morning out of Matthew chapter 6, and this entire series, if you saw the schedule on the back of the order of worship, this entire series will come out of Matthew chapter 6. The Sermon on the Mount is what we are reading from, and this is the longest stretch of Jesus' words that we have. It's the longest sermon that he delivered. It's the longest stretch of continuous uh, of, of teachings that we have of Jesus. We are told that when Jesus saw a large crowd, that he sat down on a mountainside and taught the people. I don't know about you, but when the pastor sits down, you're going to be there a while. <laughs> what follows in Matthew's fi uh, Matthew 5 through 7 is what we have come to the Sermon on the Mount, and although it addresses many different subjects, from anger to prayer to worry, there is something that Jesus is clearly focused on throughout the entire Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is looking at the heart. Jesus' focus is on the heart. Are you with me this morning? Jesus cares about the hearts of God's people. Jesus talks about outward expressions versus inward emotions. John Wesley pulled a great statement out of this concept where uh, uh, the sacraments in our church are the outward and visible expressions of the inward and spiritual grace of God. Jesus also carries out another step. He mentions the outward act of murder, but is just as concerned about the anger in the heart 
that leads to murder. The anger that also leads to hurtful words against our sisters and our brothers as well as to other outward expressions of what it is that is in our hearts. Again and again, look at the Sermon on the Mount. Read Matthew 5-7 through when you go home tonight. Jesus is consistently addressing issues that begin in the heart of all of Christ's followers. Jesus longs for the transformation of our hearts. Knowing that unless our hearts are changed, our actions will remain misguided and hurtful. Why does Jesus talk about money? Why does Jesus talk about treasure and all these things? Jesus talks about treasure because he knows it affects our hearts. Are you with me this morning? Folks, money uh, does not just stay in a wallet or a bank account. Money causes stress in marriages. It causes divisions in and among people. Money and its pursuits can be all-consuming, can be burdensome. Those who have lost their jobs, for example, will tell you that it isn't just a financial issue, but it is an emotional and spiritual one as well. Jesus talked about money not because he wanted people to give their money to him or to the church. Do you ever think you hear a pastor say that? Jesus talked about money not because he wanted people to give it to him and not because he wanted people to give their money to the church. There's no evidence of this. Jesus talked about money because he knew the way that we view and use our money can give our hearts great joy or can bring us great grief. Sometimes you and I avoid these difficult subjects, right? Because they might make us or someone else feel uncomfortable, right? Jesus loves us too much to not talk about the things that make us uncomfortable. Jesus loves us too much to not encourage us to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable. He cares about our hearts, so he talks about the things that affect our hearts. He talks about anger and prayer and worry and sin and money. He loves us so much that he won't ignore the things that affect our hearts in such deep and abiding ways. That's how much we matter to God. That's how much Jesus loves us. That Jesus would address the issues so that way we know how. You know, we usually think that where our heart is, our treasure will follow, right? Think about it. Where your heart is, then certainly that's where you're going to put uh, your treasure and your time and effort. That's the typical flow of things. But this is not what Jesus said, was it? Have you ever really looked at the statement closely? In fact, Jesus says the opposite. Jesus doesn't say where your heart is, your treasure will follow. Jesus says what? Out of Matthew six twenty one, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Have you ever really thought and looked and captivated on that aspect? Where your treasure is, there our hearts 
will be also. Folks, this is not just a change in semantics that Jesus uses here. Jesus knows that the place where we spend our money, where we put our time and our efforts will become our treasure whether we want it to or not. Financial commitments require time and money, do they not? They pull on our heart in a direction that perhaps neither we nor God ever intended for it to pull. If you buy a house, does that not require a large investment of money? God knows it requires a large investment of money. Does it not require a large amount of attention of your time, of your, of your efforts? Think about something else that maybe you've invested in your time and your effort. Perhaps it's a job that over-consumes. There's so many different examples we can use here, and we each have our own examples that we can use. But when we put our treasure into anything, our heart will follow. When we put our treasure into anything, our heart will follow. If we didn't have, think about this, if we didn't have any debts, if we didn't have any commitments... And if we could choose where to store up those treasures, if there was nothing else in this world pulling at them, where would we choose to put them? Where would you choose to put your treasure if there was no strings holding those treasures down? That's a tough question, isn't it? As you consider where you would store up treasure, take a moment to assess then realistically where your treasure currently is. Do you feel your heart divided at times? This is not a question you have to answer out loud. This is just something for you to ponder throughout this week. When we assess where our treasure currently is, is our heart are our hearts divided? Jesus tells us this morning that we have the opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven for ourselves. What does that mean? It simply means this, folks. When we are investing our lives in the things of God, we find that our hearts no longer feel disconnected from God, but are rather in unity with God. When we are putting our time, our efforts, and money into the things of God, then our hearts are no longer divided. Whenever we pursue God's will on our lives, then the weight of the world is pulled off. And our hearts, our lives, and everything, I don't know about you, but from my experience, the weight of the world is lifted. You feel like you can breathe. And you know that you know that you know that you're headed in the right path because you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit pulling you in that direction and you just know that this is where I need to be investing my treasure. Can anybody else testify to that? When we are investing in the things of God, 
then our hearts are in unity with God. So here's the question we have to ask ourselves this week as we begin our worship series. Where is our treasure? Will we like the answer to that question for ourselves and our life? And if not, what beginning steps can we take to lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven? Treasures for eternity. Treasures that are in unity with God. Folks, this is the gospel message this morning. All that we have, all that we are, it belonged to God in the first place anyway. Why would we not give unto God what already belongs to God? It begins with our very lives. This is the gospel message. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. morning our hymn for going forward is a sweet by and by what better song to sing than when we think about where our final moments lie where our thoughts go in those final moments and where we want our thoughts to go in our final moments maybe you're sitting here thinking I, I, I don't know the Jesus that preached the Sermon on the Mount I don't know the Jesus that once to save my heart. Well, there's a simple way to know that Jesus. There's a simple way to allow that Jesus into your heart so that Jesus can change and transform your hearts from the inside out. And it starts as a simple prayer that says, Jesus, I love you because you first loved me. Thank you for wanting to change my heart. Now come into mine and work in me and through me and despite me today. That's all that we have to say to change our lives forever. That's the only prayer that you have to lead somebody else through this week to change their lives forever. How are we going to do that for somebody this week? Maybe you've been visiting with us for a while and you say, I want Jesus to work on my heart in and through this church for this community. If that's you, come talk to me and let's talk about becoming a member of this family of faith that together pursuit is to not only change our hearts from the inside out, but help others see where their treasure is and change theirs as well. Whatever you need in this moment, use it together. Our closing hymn is Sweet By and By, page 199 in the Cokesbury, and also on the screen in front. Let's stand.